the sleeper in the bus. There's skill, there's luck. A keeper or cut. Open file, a case shut. A short stop or stop short. Press play or press abort. Intelligence for sports. Good of y'all to listen. Aiming at what truth is. Mike and Eno pitching like the name is Michael Lewis. Others in the dust or left out to rust. Who's hitting? Who's missing? The sleeper in the bus. The sleeper in the bus. Hello out there in Fantasyland. Welcome to the Sleeper and the Bust. I'm Mike Podhorzer, and I'm joined today by Rotographs editor Eno Saris. And it's the final week of the regular season. I can't believe how quickly it's come. So, of course, today we'll be discussing every possible streamer option through Thursday's games and a whole bunch of injury situations just so we can guarantee that every one of you listeners wins your league. Would you be disappointed, Eno, if... Even one of our listeners came in anything other than first place. I would. Be. Yes, I would have to uh, have to do some soul searching if that happened. I think we would consider ourselves a failure if that actually happens. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what what did that say about the one the 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 ones I've lost? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right, so let's start things off with the streamer options. And we're going to start with tonight's games. We're going to forego the most interesting player alive and just talk about basically last-minute recommendations. So so tonight's starters, basically it's going to be a, a stream or not game. And I'm going to bring up a matchup, and then we'll quickly discuss the pitchers involved and determine whether it's worth picking up that pitcher as a streamer. First matchup is Tyler Thornburg of the Brewers at Atlanta and facing Freddie Garcia. And both of these guys are likely unowned in the majority of the leagues, and so they would be options to stream. Would you consider streaming any of these pitchers? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, uh, um, obviously, you know, uh, Freddie Garcia is old as dirt. And uh, you know the Brewers lineup has some people in it that are that are worth um, you know worth some snot. So I think that they'll actually uh, I think that Freddie could have a bad day. Although you never know what the state of his arm is this late in the season. I I like him a little, but that's a deep league guy for me. Thornburg um, just is not getting many whiffs or grounders. So uh, there's nothing right now that screams to me that I should have him. Yeah, I actually am shocked to see that Tyler Thornburg has a 196 ERA at the moment. I had no idea he's gotten such good results. But either way, I think both of these guys are pretty weak streamer options. It's funny because I don't think the Brewers' offense has been that great this year, which makes sense given all their injuries. But when I think of the hitters on their team, I still consider them a dangerous team, a a team that does have that capability to have a big game and. And they're not base. They're basically not a cakewalk. Not a team that I automatically think of as somebody good to stream against. Which it sounds like you feel as well. Yeah. So cutting the whole thing. For sure. Yeah, let's move along to our second matchup, and that is Hector Santiago at Cleveland facing Ubaldo Jimenez. And obviously, Ubaldo has pitched brilliantly over the last couple of months, and so he's probably owned in the majority of leagues. So Hector Santiago really is the option here to stream. And uh, he's facing a pretty good Indians offense. They're, actually, they're another team like the Brewers, who, whose offense I don't think has been that great this year, but I still consider them dangerous because they have a lot of solid hitters who could have big games. Would you consider streaming Santiago? He's not a bad option in that he'll at least get you some strikeouts. Um, 
He's been, you know, able to put up a decent ERA despite the fact that he doesn't really have good command and uh, doesn't get good ground balls and, you know, has a couple pitches in his arsenal that if they don't, they don't quite always break right. And if they hang, they get banged. That's why you have, um, you have uh, the bad home run totals for him. So he's kind of, uh, he's kind of a, a blow up waiting to happen in that, you know, he could easily put two guys on with walks you know, throw one of those screwballs that doesn't do anything, and it gets launched, and he's he's down three runs. So um, I think that, uh, you know, if he does get the control going later on, and maybe, I think maybe even drops the screwball, I don't think it's a great pitch for him. Well, uh, I think he could, I think he could be better in the future, but um, uh, yeah, actually, I like him. He's one of the better names on the list today. All right, so you say yes, stream him. I'm actually going to disagree. I'm going to say no, do not stream him. The Indians actually have the second-best WOBA versus lefties in all of baseball at 335, and their walk rate also ranks fourth at 9%. So this is a guy you don't want to stream a lefty versus the Indians, especially a lefty that doesn't have good control. So I would say no. Now, knowing these facts... Do you change your mind? Do you still think it's worth a shot based on the strikeout potential? Well, that that was definitely interesting, um, and you know it does go to my point that his screwball is not that great because it's one of the uh, pitches that breaks in a way that can help him, um, you know, get opposite-handed batters out. Um, but and that's why he still has it. Um, but you know his changeup uh, breaks that that same way too, and. Uh, you know, the changeup just doesn't get many whiffs. So the problem is that, yeah, he he can he can be susceptible sometimes to to power from righties because the changeup is not great and the screwball hangs sometimes. So um, I think uh, you know I I wasn't that big of a fan. I think that he's probably the second or third best guy on the list, and your reason probably pushes him down to third. All right, next up is Todd Redmond of the Blue Jays at Baltimore and Camden Yards and facing Chris Tillman. Now, Redmond is another another one of those extreme flyball pitchers who I probably would be nervous every time out starting. I mean, he's allowed 11 home runs in 70 innings so far. And now he's facing a power-hitting team in a hitter's ballpark. Is this somebody that you would be too nervous to start, or would you say? Yeah, I, I'm not starting him. I mean, I don't even know how. he he's uh, He's been bad. I mean, there there have been other years where he just wasn't even this good. He, and, he, and you weren't talking about whether or not he was giving up home runs. He's just bad. And uh, so this year's a small enough sample where I'm saying, you know, it's nice to see the strikeouts. And, you know, there is some possibility he's going to be on some of my deep leagues next year. And I, I'm watching him. But I'm not going to start him in a mixed league at Baltimore, even with Manny out. I think um, I think uh, that's a, that one's a tough one for me. I'm not, I'm not, he's not in my top three. All right, agreed here with Todd Redmond. How about a guy, Zach Miner, all of a sudden he's back, he's on the Phillies. He last pitched in the major leagues back in 2009 with the Tigers. I don't know what happened to him, but he's back. And he is, he's 31 years old. Wow, okay. 31 years old. He's going to be facing the Marlins, though, in Miami. Obviously, uh, a mediocre to bad offense in a pitcher's park, but he's pitching in front of a, a you know a pretty weak offense and a, a not a good team. Is he worth a stream? I might actually go the other way. Um, uh, Henderson Alvarez to me 
you know, with the Phillies and at home. I think uh, I think Henderson Alvarez is my guy. Obviously, he's not going to give you strikeouts, and if strikeouts are a category that you're searching for right now, um, I, I I wouldn't go that direction. But um, you know, Henderson Alvarez uh, is definitely there in my top three. Probably he was three to Santiago before, but um, uh, I, I like him to have a good a good game. I don't know if he's going to get you a win or strikeouts, but I like Henderson Alvarez there. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to have to agree with that because Alvarez likely won't blow up just because he's a big ground ball pitcher and has pretty decent control. And so unless it's just a whole bunch of seeing eye singles that get through the infield, then it's likely that he's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those three runs in six innings or so. Probably not going to get a whole lot of strikeouts. So if you need strikeouts, this is not your guy. But Zach Miner is just as likely to get crushed. And Miami's offense is a lot better now than it was earlier in the season. So I think Henderson Alvarez does make for a reasonable streamer option as long as it's not strikeouts that you desperately need. Yeah. All right. How about Chris Russin of the Cubs, who is at home versus one of my new man crushes, Garrett Cole? Uh, nope. Not interested. Uh, it's a bad matchup. Uh the the uh, I mean there might be a hangover lineup situation going on, um, but I don't think so because the Pirates still have something to play for. Um, you know, you know between them and uh, they're still in it for the division, and then they you know they need to host that wild card game. So I think that they're going to play. They might rest a couple guys, but I don't think they're going to play a totally decimated lineup like the Dodgers did. Um, and Rusin, when I, what I've seen of him, I'm totally not impressed. I mean, I think he's a, not even a major, I'm not even sure he's a major leaguer. He's eight, eight with the fastball. Uh, the slider doesn't show much bite and it's, it's, you know, doesn't have much difference in velocity. Uh, didn't see much command. I just didn't really see anything that, that, uh, that said major leaguer to me. Yeah. I mean, bad peripherals, bad team, not a great matchup in terms of opponent, and the fact that he's facing Cole, so a win isn't highly likely, which all adds up to don't bother with Chris Russin. Yeah. All right. This might also be an obvious one. Brad Peacock of the Houston Astros in Texas facing you, Darvish. I mean, this pretty much seems like an automatic no. No, I, I mean, you owns the owns Houston. He's gonna strike out 15, <laughs> and uh, I uh, yeah I don't I don't think that one's a good one. I don't want Peacock in Texas. Now Peacock actually has shown some somewhat intriguing strikeout rates and peripherals, but I mean the problem is is hitters ballpark bad team. This is somebody that if he was in the National League on a better team, he would be an intriguing sleeper type. But just given his situation, I think he's somebody that you can safely ignore. Yeah. All right, how about Jason Vargas, who, for whatever reason, there are some fantasy owners who seem to still kind of like him, especially pitching at home in the last couple of years. I've never liked him. He will be pitching at home versus A.J. Griffin tonight, and he's probably available in your league. Is he somebody that you would be willing to stream? I don't think so. And, um, you know, yes, there is a little bit of homer suppression that happens in uh, in – Anaheim, but uh, the uh, A's have hit more homers than any other team in baseball um, since I think the All Star break or something. I don't, I don't know exactly. And in Moss, baby. Yeah, they've they've been going nuts, and 
they're not doing the hangover lineup thing, which we already learned yesterday, because they want uh, they want home field advantage, and so they say they're playing for the best record in uh, the American League. Uh, might even be baseball. I don't have the standing in front of me. So uh, I think that they're going to play hard, and uh, I think they're going to win that game. And I think uh, Vargas is going to give up a homer. Yeah, and the Athletics do have a whole bunch of switch hitters, and they're they're one of those lineups that doesn't have necessarily a superstar, but it's just a lot of solid players, and, and all of a sudden Coco Crisp is a power hitter. Now, Yoenis Cespedes is probably not going to play tonight, so obviously that's going to help Vargas, but they still have enough guys uh, in the outfield that they can plug in that are decent, like, like a Chris Young who hits lefties pretty well. Yeah, I mean, Chris Young's a righty, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's part of why they have him. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the last matchup for tonight's games, and that's James Paxton, the Mariners rookie, at home against Bruce Chen. Uh, Chen probably is uh, available in, in a bunch of leagues, but Paxton definitely more so. So I guess we can discuss both of them as streamer options. Oh, well, I guess if, if Chen is available, then I have a top four. Um, which probably both of these guys are number one and number two um, in my top four. So um, I like both of them. Chen, you know, Chen is one of those head scratchers. You don't know when the regression's coming. Uh, you don't think it'll come against a Mariners team, so you kind of plug him in there and hope, you know, he lives another day. Uh, Paxton is more exciting to me. He's the one that if I really needed, like, six, seven, eight strikeouts and like a zero earned run performance and just like a if I needed something really nice to happen, it, it's a little bit early in the week to need something like that. But maybe you know that how it's going to go and you need to really hit on all your cylinders. I'd go Paxton. He's got a great curveball. The, the peripherals support it. It's, uh, it's good for whiffs, good for grounders. Um, the four seam right now is, uh, is humping up there at uh, 94, 95. So that's a good pitch for him. And you know the 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 long term concerns, which are that the changeup doesn't look that great. Um, you know that's not necessarily going to be a concern right away. Um, and I think it'll be the first time the the or uh, the Royals see him. And um, you know I know they're playing hard, and it, it, it's going to be a real lineup. But uh, I kind of like Paxton. Yeah, I really like Paxton as well. The only concern, and somebody to keep in mind, is that the Royals actually have the lowest strikeout rate in all of baseball versus lefties, which is actually pretty amazing because all their best hitters are, well, with the exception of Billy Butler, are lefty. I mean, Alex Gordon, Eric Hosmer, well, Moustakis is not their, one of their best hitters, but he's another lefty. So most of their top hitters are left-handed, so that... It's pretty impressive that they. St- well, they're just a they're just a team that doesn't strike out much. Yeah. I would say probably overall they lead in strikeout rate. Or close to it. It's, this is true, but uh, I mean overall they're middle of the pack in total offensive performance versus lefty. So I, I do like Paxton, especially at home. And Bruce Chen is an interesting conundrum because I hate Bruce Chen. I mean every outing I expect him to do one of those two innings, seven runs, three home runs allowed types, and and it just hasn't happened. The thing is. He's facing a Mariners offense that's literally last in Woba versus lefties over the season. They have the, the worst offense, so you can't get a better matchup than that. So, Well, t- take the under on the game and, and take your pick on the pitcher, I guess. Yeah, this is true. I mean, I'm, I'm still nervous about Chen, but hey, if you're going to start him against anybody, the Mariners is the team to start him against. All right, let's move along to Wednesday streamers. And the first one is Dice K, now a New York Met. 
at Cincinnati and facing Greg Reynolds. Just just don't don't do it because if you do it and then feel like you need to watch the game, you're gonna want to stick a needle in your eye. <laughs> I mean, watching Daisuke pitch is one of the more painful things that you could do to yourself. Yeah, and I yeah, I mean, there's no way Daisuke versus the Rays. There's no way you're gonna do that, especially. Joey Votto walked five times the other. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with Daisuke on the mound, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, if he ties that again. And then and and also the the game will take four hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and Greg Reynolds, I actually got questions about Reynolds. It was either I think it may have been my streamer article I published yesterday, just because I think everybody is now conditioned to starting everybody against the Mets. But Greg Reynolds. Has nine strikeouts in 24 innings, a 5.55 ERA, a 5.10 Sierra. This is a terrible pitcher. I wouldn't start him against a minor league team at this point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you agree with this? There's. I'm just looking at his, his pitch peripherals. There's not a single one that uh, gets uh, average whiffs. Yeah. And I don't. And, I, and none of them actually get 50% uh, ground balls. Except for the curb, so yeah, he's at a five percent swinging strike rate. So, no, <laughs> I'm not starting Greg Reynolds against anybody. All right, next up, Jake Arrieta pitching at home versus Francisco Liriano. Arrieta's another boomer bust. I mean, if you need strikeouts, if you're like super desperate, eh, borderline. There's, there's better names on the list. Yeah, you just don't know what you're gonna get because because his, his control is iffy. He's going to be facing a good pitcher in Liriano and a decent team in the Pirates. I say decent team, you know, they're leading their division. They're going to be in the – or they're not leading the division, but they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, but I still th- I'm still conditioned to think of the Pirates as just a decent team, as I'm sure all of us are. All right, here's one that I got a Twitter question about, and uh, I was hesitant to actually answer I, because I wanted to get him to actually listen to the show. And that was Dan Straley at – Anaheim facing Jared Weaver. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, I, I know that Weaver makes it a, a question mark a little bit in terms of uh, the pitching matchup, but um, you know, uh, Weaver's hurt a little bit, and he could easily miss that game. Um, and uh, you know, Straley, good swinging strike rate, improving control, and I I went and did some research just because I remembered Straley told me. That um, he something clicked in Toronto uh, with his uh, with his changeup, and if you actually look at his game log, uh, you can see that that Straley's uh, done better since then. Um, and uh, I think that uh, you know I, I went and looked at you know his different percentages and stuff, and he's actually thrown the changeup less often since since that start. But um, his swing strike rate is eleven percent since that start, and you know in terms of uh, Homers, they've gone down since that start, and uh, you know he's had four or five five good starts in a row since then. So maybe uh, maybe he did find something out that we just don't quite see in the numbers right now. But um, he's uh, I, I like him. Yeah, I mean the only concern with Straley, he's an extreme fly ball pitcher, so home runs are always going to be a concern. Obviously, the Angels do have some power, not as much as we expected them to have, of course, with Hamilton's disappointing year and uh, Albert Pujols out. Howie Kendrick is back, though, so that's obviously not a great thing, although Kendrick isn't exactly a monster hitter. But, yeah, I mean, it's in a pitcher's park, even though he's pitching away. So I think I, I would have to agree with Straley. I mean, he's definitely one of the better pitchers on the list, even though his matchup isn't great 
and and sometimes you you just want a better pitcher as opposed to relying on somebody like uh, a Greg Reynolds just because he has a good matchup. And so yeah, yeah I mean. We're talking streamers here, so I think Dan Straley just being a solid pitcher and he has the potential to pitch a good game against anybody, I would say yes here. And you skipped over one. I mean, Jake Arrieta uh, against the Pirates, um, you know, I think that Straley's probably a little bit better of a pitcher than Arietta. Maybe they're both kind of interesting in one of those young pitchers, has at least a couple pitches that work. Uh, let's see where they go kind of way. Um, uh, but obviously, Straley has the better matchup. All right, moving along to Esmil Rogers of the Blue Jays pitching at Camden Yards in Baltimore against Bud Norris. Either of these guys should be available. Would you stream either of them? I was going to say the over, but, you know, Toronto, basically everybody's hurt. I mean, that's a terrible lineup right now. Yeah, and every uh, time uh, an outfielder returns, he gets hurt like two days later and goes back on the DL. I mean... That's not a good lineup. I'd like to. I'm going to call up uh, what they did yesterday, but um, you know, I feel like. Uh, but Norris has his flaws, but um, I don't think that he's going to really have a problem. You know, there's no Jose Bautista. Uh, there's no uh, Edwin Encarnacion. There's no Colby Rasmus. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody. <laughs> so I mean, yesterday. Uh, let's see what the lineup was yesterday in in Tor- uh, Toronto against the White Sox. Uh, the Blue Jays were led by Rajai Davis, Mooney Norikasan, Brett Lowry in the third hole, Moises Sierra, Mark DeRosa is still alive. <laughs> J.P. Arancibia actually had to move all the way up to the sixth hole. And then you got Kevin Pillar. I don't know who he is. Ryan Goins. Eh. Anthony goes, can't buy contact. So, actually, I'm going to take Bud Norris. Kevin Pillar is Kevin Millar's long-lost brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, and those averages, there's, you know, there's two guys above 250 or something. So Yeah, I mean. Averages everything. But. Yeah, I, I don't love Bud Norris. I know you don't love Bud Norris, but he, he's pitching at home. He's pitching against a depleted Blue Jays lineup. So, I think he also... He's another guy that, as a streamer, yeah, I'm going to say yes to. The Orioles the Orioles want to win that game. Too. All right. Uh, Brad Hand, who is one of two hands in the majors. I think there's a Donovan Hand. I believe he's on the Brewers. He's a reliever. So we have two hands in the majors. This one is going to be starting against Cole Hamels tomorrow at home in Miami. He's on the Marlins, Brad Hand. 14 innings this year, one start. I don't know much about him at all, but he doesn't look very exciting. He's a lefty, but he has a good matchup. Yeah, but he, I mean, he has a good matchup in terms of teams, but he's also going up against Cole Hamels. So I don't think uh, I don't think Spicoli would tell us to uh, take <laughs> Mr. Hand here. But uh, I, I mean, I you know, I there's some. Some things to like about him, just in terms of I always like swing strike rate when you when you're looking at a guy with 214 pitches. At least, at least you're looking at the per pitch numbers. But um, I wouldn't take. I don't think he's going to get a win, a win. And most of the time when you're streaming, you want a chance at a win. Yeah. All right. So he's a no. Uh, how about Paul Mahalam at home versus Kyle Loesch? Now Kyle Loesch, I I don't know why, but he's been dropped in several of my leagues. 
And I'm not really sure why all of a sudden everybody decided to drop him. So it's possible that he actually is a stream candidate as well. And you know what's funny? I just realized that I typed (laughs) – instead of Mahome, I typed Hamom. Right now. Well, you know that 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 Braves team—they've lost seven in a row, or seven and eight, or something—and they actually strike out a lot. So, um, I mean, I know that Loesch isn't really a strikeout pitcher, but um, I bet you he could actually do okay with that Braves lineup. And uh, they won't be at home, so maybe the homers won't be an issue. I mean, the only real issue for Loesch this year has been those homers. So. Um, I think uh, I, I'd actually take Loesch if he was there. Yeah, I mean, Loesch has continued to outperform his ERA estimators, and it's just like, man, is this for real? And he just keeps doing it, so I keep doubting him. But yeah, I mean, he's he's also a decent uh, streamer option just because he, he seems like he's established himself as one of the better options of these guys listed. Uh, Mahalam, again, facing that Brewers team that – you know, can look scary for whatever reason. I don't think he's that terrible, Mahalam, of an option, just comparing him to the other guy. He's also a decent pitcher, not a great matchup. I probably would prefer Loesch over Mahalam, but I don't, I don't think Mahalam is an automatic no. I think if you're desperate, then Mahalam isn't, isn't terrible. All right, uh, Dallas Keuchel of the Astros in Texas versus Martin Perez. I don't think there's much to discuss there. Clearly a no on Keiko, right? And Martin Perez, I don't know how available he is, but I would say absolutely stream him if he's available. Yeah, that's a decent uh, that's a decent stream. I mean, he's he's home, but he pitches at home all the time. Maybe he's a little more used to it. And Houston's pretty bad, but uh, you know, uh, you know, if we do one more, we can kind of do a top three for for Wednesdays for us. Yeah, well, the last matchup is actually. Uh, an interesting one. It's Randall Delgado of the D-backs and against the former D-back, Ian Kennedy, at Petco Park. And now Ian Kennedy, when he went to San Diego, I think a lot of people said, oh, you know, pick him up. Now he's going to be asleep or whatever. I don't have his San- – oh, I can just look at partial seasons. He's at a 465 ERA over 50 innings in uh, as a member of the Padres. So – that hasn't exactly been the cure. Yeah, but you've got to look at his home starts. I mean, his last home starts, uh, let's see, Colorado, one earned run, seven strikeouts, two walks. San Francisco, one earned run, seven strikeouts, two walks. Pittsburgh, eight strikeouts, three walks, zero runs. Huh. Mets, seven strikeouts, four walks, five earned runs. I think he's, I think he's a home play. He looks pretty good as, uh, as a San Diegan at home. So even against the Yankees, six Strikeouts, four walks, two runs. So I, I, I'm taking uh, I'm taking him as the best streamer today because he's home. I mean his main his main problem is that uh, he uh, he gives up homers because he's always around the zone, and uh, I don't he won't give up a homer. Yeah, it's funny that the worst outing that he actually had as a member of the Padres came against the Mets. Uh, his worst <laughs> your point outing was against the Mets. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, so actually, I think, uh, so my top three for Wednesday, uh, it's Ian Kennedy's number one, I think Dan Straley's number two, and uh, Delgado's number three, and then, you know, pick your starter from the Braves game uh, for number four. I think if Martin Perez is available, he might be my number two guy. Ah. Uh, against those 
Swing and miss Astros. That's true. I just feel like sometimes they run into homers. and They do. They do have power. That's the thing is that even with all those strikeouts, their offense is actually decent. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Thursday options. Trevor Cahill at Petco Park against Robbie Erlin. I think that's pretty good for Trevor Cahill. Yeah. Yeah. It's decent for Erlin. I mean, Erlin's coming off that great start, but that was Erlin against the hangover uh, Dodgers. So um, that was the triple triple A lineup at, at best. So, um, yeah, I would probably take Cahill, Cahill there. Yeah, I, I don't think I would really touch uh, Erlin. How about Mark Burley at Baltimore and Miguel Gonzalez? I will pass on both those guys. I mean, Miguel has the better matchup uh, in terms of team lineups, but he's the worst pitcher probably of the two. Yeah, I know we've talked about Miguel Gonzalez earlier in the year, and he's a guy who, for the second year in a row, he's outperformed to Sierra. So who knows what he's doing to prevent hits on balls in play. But if you look at the batted ball distribution, I have no idea why. He gives up more line drives than the league average, so that you would think would be a bad thing, but it hasn't affected him. Um, no, it's weird. I'm checking something real quick. I feel like my impression has been that since we kind of talked about him, He's been worse, so I'm looking at first half, second half right here. Yeah, yeah. worse, yeah. Four six nine ERA in the second half, um, and uh, looks like uh, a lot of his uh, peripherals are going, getting even worse. The strikeout rates dropping. So, yeah, I think I think we saw him for the mirage that he was a little bit. Yeah. All right. How about Tyler Cloyd of the Phillies? At Atlanta and Chris Midland on Thursday. Now, Tyler, Tyler Cloyd is a righty that averages 86 miles an hour with his fastball. It's actually a wonder how he even made it to the major leagues. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, the, the, uh, the, 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 the key must be ground balls. So, um, and it's not. He's, he's not even a ground ball pitcher. He's, I mean, he had decent success in the minors if you're just looking at strikeouts and walks. But uh, I don't know. Surprisingly. Yeah, his change up and his curve get above average whiffs, I guess. But, that's, but uh, you're right. At 86, that's just, uh, he, you know, he's he's tempting fate. Yeah, uh, so I'm not touching Tyler Cloyd. Uh, you agree? You wouldn't stream yeah. it, right? Yeah. Okay. It's let's, like a bad day for streaming, actually. Yeah. Uh, next up is John Helweg at... The Mets and Dylan G. Now he's another pitcher that's facing the Mets, but I actually just came across his page the other day. I didn't realize that he could perhaps be the worst pitcher in baseball. Oh, uh, this, it's is, this crazy. is insane! Twenty-two walks in twenty-six innings, only six strikeouts. Is this a mistake? <laughs> How is that even possible? I mean, he always had a control problem, but it's uh, it's pretty bad right now. And uh, his swinging strike rate is down at 3.6%. So it's not even like – and it's weird because he, he throws 94 with his fastball. He has a curve and he has a changeup. And, I, I mean, what does this guy do? He gets ground balls. That's about it. Uh, I, I think I, people just swing it up. I mean, you know, one of the things about whiff rate is that – you have to get you have to get a swing to get a strike out of that. So uh, I think people are just like you have no idea where the strike zone is, do you? And they're just kind of like I'm going to wait until you prove me wrong. Yeah, that's probably likely. Uh, I mean, a 22 to six walk to strikeout ratio is just absolutely hilarious. All right, so clearly no on Helweg. Uh, 
Edinson Volquez, now of the Dodgers, at San Francisco and Tim Lincecum. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, sure, it's a it's a good yeah, it's a good matchup, I guess. I mean the, the Giants aren't scoring runs. It's in San Francisco. Uh and the Giants kind of, you know, to be honest, I, I hate when I hear this sort of stuff, but they kind of look like they've quit and they're not really playing super hard. So you know, they don't they're not a selective lineup. So I think that could go okay. I mean, in a in a bad day for streamers, that that's a top three one, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with that as well because Volquez still has that real good changeup. He still throws reasonably hard. He still has the potential for some strikeouts. So uh, it's not like the Giants take a whole lot of walks, and and so it, it's for Volquez, it's a decent matchup where you do have some upside of a, you know a pretty good game. All right, how about Zach McAllister? at Minnesota and Andrew Albers. And, and Zach McAllister has basically been the poster boy for the mediocre pitcher with good matchups the last couple of weeks. He's been recommended in my streamer article every single week because the Indians have had a really soft schedule. And uh, it seems like, once again, McAllister's a decent call this time. Yeah, actually, I think he's probably the best of the day. I mean, it's him or Cahill and, and not much else. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't touch Andrew Albers and his... Complete lack of strikeouts, right? No, I wouldn't. All right, yeah, agree with McAllister. And the last one for the day, Jeremy Guthrie versus the White Sox, but Chris Sale. Yeah, you know, Guthrie's, uh, you know, innings eater, I think. And uh, and I don't think that, uh, you know, he's going to be in line for the win. And unless, you know, unless they drop sale from that game, that is a possibility. They drop sale from that game if they decide he's not really in it for the Cy Young and, um, you know, their season's over. So um, if that that is something you might want to watch Wednesday, I don't think that 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 Guthrie would definitely get ahead of McAllister or Cahill. But, you know, it might make Guthrie more interesting if sale was not in that game. Yeah, I mean, Guthrie doesn't strike anybody out. 480 Sierra, but he's basically outperformed his ERA estimators a lot, so he probably has some sort of skill that we're not picking up. But still, I mean, the upside here isn't all that high, so I, I probably wouldn't bother with him. Uh, let's let's quickly get to a whole bunch of injury situations. Manny Machado left knee injury, had an MRI this afternoon. We have not heard the results yet, but it's safe to say he's going to be out for the rest of the season. We don't know how. Severe it is, it might affect him for next season. And so far already we know that tonight Ryan Flaherty is actually starting in his place. And uh, I think this That's is- probably going to be like a platoon between him and Valencia because, you know, Valencia has good numbers right now, but they're mostly in a platoon hitting against lefties. So I think there might be some sort of uh, lefty-righty platoon there. Yeah, I mean, I thought that Manny, uh, Manny that uh, Valencia would just take over third base and play every day, but I guess not. It would just be a platoon. And, uh, I mean, Flaherty has a bit of power, eight home runs, 233 at-bats, a 146 ISO. So, I mean, if, you know, if you can make pickups during the week and you're in a deep league, then you might as well pick up Flaherty and hope for the best. You know, he plays in a hitter's ballpark in a pretty decent lineup. can do worse than that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he is a lefty, so you got to make sure to watch out if they're facing a lefty. It's probably going to be Valencia. How about Matt Holiday? Out again with back stiffness. What is an owner to do? Is he going to be back? I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, it's it, that one's not an easy one because you know you're just sitting there waiting on on news before the game. Uh, I might see if that you could find just make sure that you've got an outfielder on your bench. Um, a guy like uh, Charlie Blackman is playing every day. You know he has a similar not he's obviously not a Matt Holiday, but he, he might get you a hit or two and you know could get you a home run. You know so he's kind of one of those guys that you might even steal base. So. Um, you know, him or like Para, um, Corey Dickerson, uh, Charlie Blackman's teammate, but he's a lefty and so he's not going to play against lefties, but against a righty, Corey Dickerson is another guy who should be available that could give you a bit of power and speed. Yeah. Christian Yelick is out there. Michael Brantley for, for mixed leaguers is always there. So, you know, Michael Brantley doesn't really do much for you, but if you're like, you know, trying to get runs or RBI or maybe need a hit or two. Um, you know, you could do worse than that. Yeah, all right. How about Will Venable? Out of nowhere, there's an ad- abdominal situation, and although it's not a definite yet, he's likely out for the season. And, and that kind of hurts because he was having a breakout year, always, once again, with his speed, but now all of a sudden showing very good power. And uh, and that opens up some playing time for some other guys. Uh is Raymond Fuentes still even playing? Uh, because I don't remember seeing. No, I mean he's gotten a whopping six at bats over the last like week, so he, he's he's probably out of it. But it looks like Chris Denorfi is probably going to be playing every day, and and Denorfi is a, a decent you know stopgap in the next couple of games, I would think. Yeah, or you could take a shot at the um, you know, Oswaldo Garcia, Avisel Garcia crew, and uh, I mean those guys are just. You know, undetermined futures, but they're playing every day. Ioannis Cespedes, we mentioned that he is battling an injury earlier, and he's out now with a shoulder injury. They say that he's hopeful to be able to play in three straight games in the outfield this weekend. I'm not sure if that means that maybe he'll be ready before that to DH. Uh, I mean, that could be, because the shoulder obviously could affect his throwing, and so he might not be ready to actually play defense. But if he's only going to be available for three games in the outfield, I mean, it seems maybe it's just not even worth carrying him around if you need that roster space to pick up somebody who's actually playing. Yeah, but, you know, in terms of power, you probably own him for power at this point. And if he came on just for the weekend and hit you a homer, that might, you know, do something for you. So This is, this is true. I might, uh, I might try to stick around on him. I mean, I just feel like they, the team wants him to get healthy. They're, you know, they're going to be in the postseason – they probably want him to get in a bat or two before the end of the season. So, How about Desmond Jennings? Because I actually owned him in all three of my leagues that mattered. And uh, luckily, I benched him in all leagues. And uh, mild left hamstring strain. They say that he, it, he's confident that he'll return later this week, which is a bit fuzzy. But, I mean, we can't expect him. He wasn't stealing at the pace we expected him to begin with. And now he's coming off of a hamstring strain. Highly doubt he runs. He's probably safer to drop than Cespedes. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Because his main skill, I mean, yeah, obviously Cespedes, we don't know how this is going to affect his power. But we, I think we know a little better that Jennings is not going to, you know, uh, you know, test it for a stolen base where the reward is, you know, not as good as a home run. I, don't, I think they're going to probably just have him, you know, try to get healthy and get ready for the postseason. Yeah. And then David DeJesus, who has been – some games he's been in a platoon with Jennings where DeJesus would face the righty and Jennings would face the lefty. I mean, it was only for a couple of games, but 
now this gives Tehasius the opportunity to play pretty much every day until Jennings does come back. So I think DeJesus, I mean, he doesn't really do a whole lot in any specific category, but he's decent enough. He, he's been hitting leadoff when he does start. And so he yeah. needs for another decent stopgap if, you, if you're desperate. I mean, at this point, if you want, if you were going to play Jennings, all you want out of him are some runs and maybe a stolen base, and that's basically what DeJesus can do for you. Yeah. Uh, and then how about Gene Segura, strained right hamstring, out since last Wednesday. He has not yet been ruled out for the season, but with the Brewers going nowhere, I don't think there's really any reason to bring him back. And uh, I believe yesterday Jeff Bianchi played shortstop. I mean, they don't have anybody really intriguing to pick up. Yeah, you'll probably have to go to the wire. I think mixed leaguers could look at Brian Dozier, who's, who's playing well, and you know we need to look at his uh, his batting average on balls and play perhaps in the offseason to figure out why he always hits 250. Um, but uh, Dozier is out there in half the leagues. Um, you know, Nick Franklin's playing a little better. He's there. And then, you know, one guy that we wanted to talk about a little bit more that we'll probably talk about more in the offseason, but uh, Marcus Simeon um, might be, he's eligible in the middle infield. And, uh, you know, he's playing every day. And, you know, we don't know exactly what he's going to do. But, um, you know, I think he would be a good pickup if you're in a deep league and, and you're, you're down a shortstop suddenly. Yeah, Marcus Semien playing third base a lot recently for the White Sox, and he's a perfect pickup at the moment. In the minors, he showed some power, showed some speed. He does a little bit of everything, and this is exactly the type of guy who uh, the last couple of days of the season could give you a home run, could give you a steal, and that could be enough to gain you two points and maybe put you over the top. Uh, last quick hits, Joe Maurer done for the season. Yasmil Pinto continues to basically play every single day. He makes for a reasonable pickup at catcher. And Roy Halladay's season has finally come to a very sad end. And we're going to be questioning if he's done in terms of his entire career this offseason. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look good. You know, he, there was, uh, you know, the first start, he looked like, oh, well, the velocity's not coming back, but at least he's around the zone. Then there were a couple starts where he wasn't even around the zone. So if he doesn't have control and he doesn't have velocity, you know, he's going to go the way of every other 35-year-old that got labrum surgery. Yeah, and it's a, a really sad way to end what was a, a really fantastic career. Yeah. All right, well, that's a wrap, folks. So join us again on Thursday for more fantasy fun on the Sleeper on the Bust. Uh, for, you know, Saris, I'm Mike Podhorzer. Thanks for tuning in.